The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 12, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, the great and powerful Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment is right here today. Uh, Nancy Pelosi triggered a debate about whether Trump should be impeached. I don't know if this is a conversation that we need to be having because it should be obvious to me, right? We're going to discuss impeachment with Buzz here in just a second. Meanwhile, Tucker Carlson is about to go on an unplanned vacation or maybe several long unplanned vacations like all Fox News people. They don't get fired. They just go on vacation. And uh, Eric Prince, Eric Prince, the great Eric Prince, I'm, I'm kidding, of course, was nabbed by an Al Jazeera host who, shocker, knows how to ask follow-up questions. Take a listen from this, uh, cable news people. Oh, and uh, let's see. Let's talk about Banded Masculine Candles by Chris Lavoie from The Stephanie Miller Show. Um, Banded Masculine Candles are all-natural soy wax candles in steel containers with masculine scents like leather, Blood Orange, and Hunting Lodge. Each one is poured by Chris Lavoie's mighty, mighty hands. And no lavender. He hates lavender. Don't even ask him about lavender. He's going to smack you. Leather smells, of course, like a broken-in baseball glove. Blood Orange sends a deep, complex citrus scent into your air. Hunting Lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey. Humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco, earthy with hints of cherry and cognac. Campfire brings the scent of a crackling campsite blaze indoors. Roast marshmallows over it if you want to risk the fire hazard. Fire! Fire! I don't know. Uh, freshly cut grass brings the clean smell of freshly mown lawn indoors without the allergies. And Mojito is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum. Chris is using his bulbous pectorals to create some of the best smelling candles I've ever whiffed. So when you shop, make sure to click the Banded Masculine link at bobseska.com. And we get a small commission from every candle you purchase. While you're clicking and shopping, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal, but because you used our link, we receive a small commission from some of your purchases. Thank you in advance. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Alice, is this cool? Yeah, come on in. Sorry to bother you, but we had to come and tell you how much we really enjoyed the show, didn't we, Garth? <laughs> oh, thanks. We're not mental or anything, so don't be afraid. My name is Wayne, and this is Garth. Nice to meet you guys. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here, but Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think one of the most interesting aspects of Milwaukee is the fact that it's the only major American city to have ever elected three socialist mayors. Does this guy know how to party or what? Bob Seska! Bob! 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 The Bob Seska Show! Okay, there's too much crap to talk about today. It's the Trump crisis day 782, 602 days until the 2020 presidential election. And it's my man sitting right over there. It's the great Buzz Burbank. Hi, Buzz. Oh, man. Uh, Tucker Carlson tried to trip me on my way in. Hi. How did, well, Hi. How did that happen? With his bow tie, did he leave a bow tie snare for you? <laughs> it was it was untied momentarily, apparently. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. And neither one of us have posed for a selfie with Cindy Yang. <laughs> not yet, anyway, but it's on our list. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I'll have to get back to you on that. I have to check my uh, iPhone. Bob, I don't even think we should do a show today unless it's compelling and overwhelming. It's just not worth it. <laughs> okay, so here's what's going on, Bob. I don't know if you saw yes. on my Facebook page or saw on the uh, on the Patreon page. <laughs> we are going to be wheeling out from now on 
actual unsigned indie music on this show. We don't usually talk about the music side of this program, but um, Mm -hmm. normally what we do after we're done talking about one of our fine sponsors is we play a a fun little jingle like uh, this one. We play that, and then we play like a a fun pop song or something that's appropriate to the news or what have you. But I thought instead, you know what? We have so many amazingly talented listeners and and amazingly Mm -hmm. talented Facebook friends and Twitter friends and so on. Why don't we start using some of their music instead of all of these major label people who are already have all the money? Right. See, child labor is illegal, so we decided to turn to (laughs) independent bands. No, if I may say so, I think this is an excellent idea. I I don't I don't know if you know this about me. I listen to alternative music primarily. Uh I sure I enjoy classic rock and and uh, you know old hits and stuff, but uh, I want to kind of have a sense of. Uh, what music in in the rock genre is being made today? So I listen to alternative and and some indie music, and yep. so I think uh, and I think a lot of other people do, and I think this is a a good move. I think it's uh, kind of exciting for the show. Yeah, and in fact, there'll be uh, all genres. I mean, there's all kinds of different. I mean, I, I have received right, so many course. submissions from our immensely talented uh, l- listeners that um, it, you know it runs the full gamut of all kinds of. I mean, there's pop, there's some hip hop in uh-huh. there, there's some alternative, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's obviously a lot of alternative. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. goes without saying. You're dealing with indie music; it's always going to be alternative. But you know, I've just been blown away by listening to some of the the songs that have been submitted and some of the bands that have uh have crossed my uh my patreon page and my facebook page over the last few days and i'm just i i can't wait i'm so excited to share that with everybody And, and today in fact we've got one of the first bands i ever went and saw when i started writing a local music column for the reading eagle newspaper back in like 1994 and this is a band called John Flywheel. They were a, a Reading band uh, in Reading, Pennsylvania. I was working on a radio station there at WEEU, an AM radio station. And across the street was the Reading Eagle newspaper. So I walked across the street and I said, hey, I, I want a job writing. And they said, no. <laughs> and I said, well, wait a minute. You got to have, some, you know, I, I like music. I like all this stuff. I've got a journalism background. And I said, well, OK, we'll let you write about local music. And so I started doing that and I got to discover uh, this great band, John Flywheel, it's a three-piece uh-huh. band, rock band, uh, with a, a touch of you know REM and some roots rock in there, and it's just really interesting stuff. So we're going to be playing them today, and as a special bonus, we also have a track from uh, uh, my brother Jim. And it's just going to be the usual few seconds wow. of music out of the commercials. We're not going to be playing full-length songs or anything like that yet. But uh, we'll start here and see how it goes. And we can play more than 45 seconds of each song. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, looking forward yeah, no, to it. That's excellent. You know, it's, it's a cutting-edge idea. This is all cutting-edge music, whether you know, regardless of genre. Yeah. And uh, if, if this is a, a cutting-edge show, which I believe it is, uh, then that's the kind of music it should have. So I say onward, ever forward. So if you have a submission, if you want to submit your band for consideration, uh, go to our Patreon page. That's bobseskashow.com. There's a thread happening right now on the main page of our, our Patreon page. All you got to do is leave a link there, and then I'll uh, I'll check it out. I'm going to listen to every single song by every single person who submitted their music, and uh, I imagine most of them will make the show. So I may have a band for you. Oh, excellent. I, I, I hope to have a band for you before the summer's over to add to this wonderful list. Uh, they have brass. They have two lead singers, uh, a black female and a white male. Oh. They are absolutely amazing and i'll be speaking to them soon so so i hope to get them for you too because they're they're terrific i think it would be good for good for all of you so so what we're what we're saying here buzz is you've got some peppy horns for me yeah i do peppy horns you need those especially you know coming out of a spot it's strong to have peppy horns i think by the way i guess this is going to become the new 2020 democratic national convention music because we're we're going to Minneapolis, I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll try not to sing along with this, although it's hard. It's it's hard not to sing along with this theme, theme song. But uh, you, you know they had two socialist mayors, don't you? Three, according to Alice <laughs> Cooper in Wayne's World, three three socialist mayors. Three socialist mayors. Not two, three. Um, 
Millie Millie Wake. Millie Wake. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's exciting. That was uh, the only reason I uh, brought that up is so I could play that music. You know, they unfortunately, it's a wonderful city. It's it's a fine choice. It's a strong labor city. It's an excellent choice uh, for uh, a democratic uh, convention. Unfortunately, it plays into the Republican narrative of well, mm-hmm. it's, it makes sense. The Socialist uh, <laughs> Democratic <laughs> Party would would uh, have their convention in socialist Milwaukee. Yeah. And I love the fact that I think you may have said something about this way to alienate Milwaukee Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, they won yeah. Wisconsin last time, barely. Yeah, Looks well, like they're not interested yeah. in doing it no, again, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> Just they're only interested in that 30% base. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, here's... <laughs> Here's something ridiculous that I got myself into late last night. And, of course, any time after like 8 p.m., well, Buzz, you and I know, I know. what that means. Uh, yes, I do. All bets are, it means online all bets are off. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, well, let's just put it this way. All you got to uh-huh. do on Twitter is just tweet the word Bernie. You just tweet Bernie. and then or Facebook. So, either one. Either yeah. one. And then do this. And then you, what a... And then run out the door. Run, that's, run that's, like hell. Yeah, unplug the computer, uh, turn off your phone, right. <laughs> and Barric- pretend it never happened. Barricade the door. Yeah. Oh, I love when man. you do this. It's always fun and exciting. And I saw you got a few responses. Oh, my Lord. I was I was blown away by how many people were yeah. eager to jump yeah. into that sort of survey question that you were asking. Right. Which was essentially, uh, should Bernie be the, the vice presidential running mate? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if he doesn't get the nomination, I was just, yeah. uh, what I'm doing is I'm testing what the, Ber- what the Bernie people will accept uh, yeah, as a consolation prize. Stirring up trouble, is what you know. Jesus, I had. Well, I did. I did kind of. No. I was about to say I had no idea, but of course I had an idea of what would happen when you mentioned Bernie on Twitter. Uh, and it's unfortunate, and it proves an unfortunate point. And this yeah. would be what I would want to communicate to you, my friend Bob, and to all of our friends listening today: is it's too early. This is dumb. Yeah. I'm seeing people saying, "I want this and this ticket," and I want this and this. And it's perfectly okay to have those thoughts privately. Mm-hmm. But when we start shooting down, you know, we say, well, and you hear, and I've heard people say, well, I don't like Bernie because of this. I don't like Kamala because of this. I don't like Gillibrand because of this. You know what? I have, I was, it's, it's a used car lot, folks, and they've all got flaws. Yeah. They all have flaws. Yeah. And uh, my advice, what I'm begging of people is please withhold judgment on all of these folks until we get toward the end. It's okay to have private thoughts about who you kind of like and who you kind of don't like. But when you start saying, this is the only way to go, or when you start saying, this person cannot get the nomination... You're you're only hurting yourselves and your your fellow Democrats. Right. You you you're you're leading to a to a Trump victory in 2020. As unlikely <laughs> as that seems, uh, it, it divided the Democrats reelect Trump. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal: uh, get a seat in the stands, enjoy the get some popcorn, enjoy the horse race, <laughs> see how they run, That's right. see how they perform, and and form your opinions from that. To prejudge the candidates, pro or con, this early is a mistake. Like I said, you can have feelings about these candidates, but don't use those feelings to denigrate other candidates. Yep. Uh, let's see what floats to the top. And right now, some of the people who are being denigrated the most are, are people at the top. Yeah. This is risky business, and uh, these are high stakes. That's, so I would implore everyone to... Uh, go ahead and have your gut feelings. You're entitled to those, but but be careful not to denigrate other candidates mm. uh, because you could be shooting yourself and everyone else's foot. And my God, pace yourself. A year from right now, one <laughs> yeah, year from right now, off. everyone yeah. who's like, oh my God, I can't wait to predict who the uh, ticket is going to be after whatever it is, J- July of 2020. But uh, by this time next year, you're just going to be like, this. <laughs> no, no, no more, no more, no more of this debate, no more, please. But I mean, here's what I I tweeted, and uh, this was uh, this was late last night. I just want to uh, test the Bernie Sanders supporters and see if they would indeed accept uh, the vice presidential nomination. And I said, just throwing this out there: if Bernie isn't the nominee, then he uh-huh. has to be the first choice for the vice presidential nomination. And discuss. And, right. <laughs> and I thought I was going to piss off all the Bernie people, but I ended up pissing off the people who agree with me normally about Bernie Sanders. And it was just like. Like one after another, just uh, maybe yeah. one point one thousand responses, all of which were no. 
Yeah. yeah. What you have to do, you start out in all caps, <laughs> and you say, this is a rhetorical yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And and see if that helps. I, it's, you know, yeah, it is risky territory, and it just surprises me a little bit. Not really, but it mm. does yet still surprise me that people are so passionate for or against certain candidates this early. Yeah. Yes, I see the flaws too. Yeah, yes, 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 I see the flaws too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, just hold off for a minute and let's see how this goes. Yeah, and you've heard of the uh, Twitter ratio, right, Buzz? Right. The, uh, the the ratio <laughs> that you should absolutely avoid on Twitter between your likes, shares, and, and responses? No, I, don't, I haven't heard this. Yes, well, if your replies outnumber your likes then Uh you've done something horribly horribly wrong (laughs) and i'm just looking at this tweet that i put out there yesterday about bernie 191 likes Uh 1.1 thousand responses oh my god now yeah now i hope you're proud of yourself (laughs) it's like i I hope you see what you've done here all i did was peek into uh into twitter and i just went i just went hey everybody bernie That's all that you yeah. need to do. You tweet just carefully. That's that's, that's what right. I would say. Either tweet carefully or step away from the Twitter. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Let's be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I don't feel very bad about this because you know no. who stepped in it worse than I did. Well, I'm sure a lot of people. But, but Poor let's hear yours. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. I love Nancy Pelosi. You know, she. I always, you know, have to say this whenever I talk about Nancy Pelosi. I always have to remind people that when. I met Nancy Pelosi. She knew without me saying word one exactly where I lived. I mean, it was amazing. I'd never uh-huh. experienced anything like this from a politician. I shook her hand and I said, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Madam Speaker. Or I said, Madam Leader at the time because she wasn't mm-hmm. Speaker yet. Right. And she said, oh, Bob, don't you live up in Santa Rosa now? And I said, <laughs> um, yes. How? What? You, the sp- uh, leader of the dem- uh, what? Wait a minute. And it was Nancy, like I was so confused. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi is the mom that nothing gets by. Well, in this case, she kind of stepped into it yesterday and she said this it was, the, the question was about impeachment and, and right after saying mm-hmm. that donald trump and his criminality is a major major crisis in this country she right. turned and said uh i'm going to give you some news right now because i haven't said this to any press person before but since mm-hmm. you asked and i've been thinking about this impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. Well, you know what? He is absolutely 100% worth it. I mean, there are so many reasons, Buzz, that uh, yeah. this was uh, this was weird and wrong. And it starts with the fact that simply engaging with the impeachment process shows the world, and it's not just the United States, it's not just our citizenry, it's the world that the American government believes in the rule of law, and and the Congress will pursue its constitutional mandate when there are high crimes and misdemeanors to pursue and and to prosecute those crimes using the the, uh, impeachment clause, and that is what needs to happen here. It doesn't matter whether or not he's convicted. It doesn't matter whether he runs the clock out and gets uh, and loses the election and, and it doesn't come eventually to a, a, a trial in the Senate. None of that matter. What matters is the House of Representatives is seeing a series of crimes through the course of these uh, these investigations that are going on right now and will continue to go on. We're talking about maintaining the rule of law in this country, and we're talking about holding people like Donald Trump and his crime family accountable for their crimes. I mean, I don't know Uh what's what's uh so hard to understand about this, but Uh that should be the position. I don't see what the argument is not to do it unless you're a Trump supporter, right? Uh, I disagree. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I I think this is three-dimensional chess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think there are a lot of reasons that Pelosi could have said or may have maybe the reasons for what she said mm-hmm. um if, all the way from uh, all the way from throwing republicans and trump off the trail a little bit yeah to uh, firing up democratic voters to putting the minds of moderates and independents somewhat at ease since the public opinion numbers in favor of impeachment are 
not terribly strong. They're there, but they're not where they need to be. They're not where they were when Nixon went. Yeah. So there's more work to be done. When the words she didn't speak, the words it was almost as if a, like a silent letter, uh, the silent words, the words she did not use, but I believe were implied were at this time. Yes. Because what she did say, and this is the part that most people didn't hear. They heard, and I, I talk about this in my report in my news this week. They heard impeachment, divisive, partisan. I don't think we should go down that path. Not worth it. What they didn't hear that she also said was, unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming. Yes. Okay. And now, you see, that's why we have six committees of her house with her approval investigating and looking for overwhelming evidence. Yeah. Something something that is overwhelming. And when we get to that point, when Republicans in the Senate see that, when Republican, when more Republican voters see that, there, I believe, will be a turning point. And it may be a combination of these things. It may be what's revealed in the Mueller report. It may be what's revealed by House investigative committees or other federal prosecutors or state prosecutors. There's a lot of investigating and prosecuting going on out there. <laughs> and when when this all adds up, uh, you're going to have, I think, the overwhelming evidence. It's just, and we know this stuff. It's like if you ask if, if you ask me or you or the people listening to us, in all likelihood, uh, should we impeach Trump now? Uh, of course, we think so. Yeah. I, anybody who listens to your Tuesday show on a regular basis knows I want Trump out of there yesterday. Mm -hmm. I know what a. a a serious national security threat he is to this nation. And so uh, I'm as motivated as anyone uh, to see him gone from that office. Yep. Uh, but I think the only thing worse than not moving to impeach him at this time is to do so and fail because it will further divide a nation that cannot afford any more division mm -hmm. and it will uh, likely make this it, since since the effort to remove the president will fail even if the prosecution you're saying uh, they need to go on record uh you know so that the world and history know i i think the world kind of knows already yeah. and i think history will bear out I think the more important thing here is getting it right. Yeah. Uh, and 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 in a way, she's holding out for the election. She's looking not to offend moderates and and independents, and and, and she's also uh, just keeping an eye on the fact that Democrats don't want to go into that election looking like losers in case they are not able to complete mm -hmm. the impeachment process. I, the impeachment hearings are it's the impeachment club. Don't talk about impeachment club again. The, the hearings, <laughs> right? The hearings, the hearings are already underway. We're already headed there. Yeah. Uh, Ian, and what she's saying, and the words that were silent were, I believe, at this time. Yep. Uh, when that overwhelming evidence comes in, or when it is, is discovered, stumbled upon by one of those committees or the prosecutors, and, and finally revealed, uh, then that will it will turn around just as quickly as it did mm -hmm. with Richard Nixon. Yeah, and you know, I agree with you, Buzz. I, I you know what? I, I still believe that impeachment is mandatory if the the, if the congressional committees and the Mueller report determine that there are crimes that the president has committed, and the only resolution to those crimes, the only accountability to be employed for those crimes, are impeachment or indictment or a combination of the two. However. Nancy Pelosi is in this uh, precarious position where mm -hmm. she has to also play a political game. What she is doing right now is I think with this series of comments about impeachment, I think she's buying votes. I think she's buying votes from Republicans who might w worry that the Democrats are doing this just as a as right. a partisan gimmick to uh, because because they hate Trump. You know, this is the right. mindset on the Republican side. Oh, they're just going after him because they don't like his face. They don't like it because he's mean to them. This is about the rule of law, of course. But, you know, she is doing this so so as to say. And in fact, you, you mentioned the unless unless is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this sentence, unless yes. there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan. 
I believe that the allegations, as they are developed in these investigations at the, at the mm-hmm. congressional committee level and also in the Mueller report, as these things come to light officially, mm-hmm. I think they will be compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan to a certain extent. We're never going to get all of the Republicans to vote in lockstep to convict Donald Trump in the Senate. That's never, ever going to happen. But no, all you need is enough. A handful, to- a handful will hold out, yes. Oh, yeah. And if you aim to convict and uh-huh. and that is the ultimate goal in all of this, you're going to need Republican votes. And that means Nancy Pelosi has to play a very careful game in terms of how she presents the concept of impeachment to not only the Senate Republicans, but also to Republican voters across the country who want to make sure that this is happening for the right reasons. And I See, believe, here, yeah, here's the, if I may, here's the problem. And, and I listen, I felt this too. I was crushed and confused when I heard this initial bulletin. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, Nancy Pelosi had had taken this position, and and I can identify my feeling, and I think I share that feeling with a lot of other people. When we heard her say that, I think the the emotion that we felt is, but this is the thing we've been waiting for. <laughs> yes, I, I made, yeah, I made the Jody and noise so when I heard it. We, we, that noise, that was Jody we, from Thursday. <laughs> we we stomped our we stomped our feet and yeah. we whined and we said, "I don't want to go." Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly I mean, right. we we reverted into that, and and I identify that in myself, yeah. and I I think I identify it in the masses when I see uh, the responses to the news out there. I understand the disappointment. I too was uh, caught breathless uh, momentarily when that when that news broke. Uh, but then I thought about the fact, you know, she's had like a, what, 100% success rate against Trump and in mm-hmm. unifying the Democrats as yeah. diverse as they are so far. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. Well, the only part that I really had disagreed with, Buzz, was yeah. this part. And he's not worth it. There is nobody who is more worth it than misinterpreted, Donald Trump. Mis- poorly stated and misinterpreted. I yeah. think what she's saying is mm. the political division of the country and the cost of the Democratic Party is not worth diving into impeachment at this time. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the and and I'm I'm pretty sure judging from the part about uh, overwhelming evidence that that uh, that's what she had in mind. She's saying I think at this particular moment. Yes, impeachment is a, a terrible idea politically and patriotically. Well, you know, if it does come down to actual uh, major, major crimes uncovered in the uh, congressional investigations and, the, and if Mueller uh, says all of these, that confirms all of the things that we've believed and all the reporting has suggested uh, for all this time, for all of these years, if that actually comes to fruition and, and Nancy Pelosi still says no, that's when I'm going to say, alright, yeah, hold no, on see, here folks, this is no, wrong. she's not going to go. In fact, here's why she won't go against public sentiment. And, yeah. and for those who have read the Washington Post article, it it was the Post who interviewed Pelosi in which she said these things. Uh, in the opening paragraphs of that article, uh, Nancy Pelosi, through a plaque somebody gave her, uh, invokes the words of Abraham Lincoln, which are, in this case, public sentiment is everything. With public sentiment, nothing can fail. Mm. Without it, nothing can succeed. Yep. And that's what she's looking at. And then you go, well, well wait a minute. The public opinion polls are <laughs> tilting toward impeachment. What about that? Yeah. Well, it's that's that's that'll be the job of those House committees yeah. and Mueller and the federal prosecutors and the state prosecutors. It's their job to push those impeachment numbers farther with the evidence of criminality and worse that they find. And, you know, I remind everyone again, it is possible for Republicans, some Republicans, I should underscore some Republicans, hashtag not all Republicans, but some Republicans will line up against Donald Trump on the Senate side. And I'll tell you why. I tell you why I know this. It was, uh, again, an example I've brought up several times in the past couple of weeks, which is that story from a few weeks ago. Maybe it was a month ago. I forget. It's the fire hose of news. Yeah, it's hard to keep track, right? Exactly right. Well, we heard that story where it looked like it was a BuzzFeed news story where um, apparently Michael Cohen was asked to lie by Donald Trump. That was the extent of the story. And then the special mm-hmm. counsel's office came out and said, ah, da, 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 da. no, no, <laughs> no. And it was, it was sort of like my responses to my Bernie question on Twitter. No! 
no. And that's what they said. Um, however, it looked like up until that point that Republicans were going to line up and say, okay, this is a bridge too far. If Donald Trump asked Michael Cohen to lie to Congress or any of his other co-conspirators to lie to Congress. Mm-hmm. We can't go along with him on this one. This is going to be uh, something that we're going to have to pursue. And so yeah. that, and then it was of course debunked. Uh, you know, the, the the story fell apart after the special counsel's uh, response to it. And uh, and then later on, we hear that it kind of actually did happen. It didn't happen exactly that way, but it kind of did anyway. That's how they get you. That's how the Mueller team tricks people in a good in a good way. Yeah, right. Uh, You know, and and this is part of the the sort of three D chess that that they play as well. Mm -hmm. I think, and they're they're very good at this. They've they've had a lot of practice. These are the best prosecutors in the business for a number of specialties. The team's much smaller now. And by the way, here's a little tiny tidbit that's really kind of exciting, and that is (laughs) that uh, every time now Mm -hmm. that uh, Mueller prosecutors show up in court for one of their cases. They bring a couple other prosecutors with them from the D.C. district. Interesting. Yeah. So it's as if eh, they might be ready to hand that off with the conclusion ah. of the Mueller report. Uh, you, you fellas take it from here. Where are you right now, Buzz, on the possibility of Donald Trump himself being indicted? Do you think that oh, that's something that's well, going to happen despite the uh, legal it, it counsel? Could. I, I, I stick to my I, more than ever. I am convinced that the minute the minute Donald Trump leaves office, he will be arrested. And yeah. I, I further predict that he will wind up behind bars. And oh, I'm not I'm God. not saying that I'm not saying that because it's because I want to give you something else to hope for, like impeachment so that your heart can be broken again. No, that's not why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm saying it because I truly believe that that's how that will end up. Can we do something before that, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. That remains to be seen. I, I think he could be indicted while in office. Yeah. I I, uh, I believe that the Southern District of New York thinks so. They're they're pretty they're pretty tough and cocksure. I believe that they uh, they uh, they certainly <laughs> have the cojones to do it. What did you just say, cocksure? <laughs> I did. Sorry, sorry I these did. guys love sure. it when you say cocksure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to make a call on whether Donald Trump will be indicted because I still think that's a gigantic question mark and I've gone way out on a limb too many times in the past 24 hours. But I do think that Don Jr. is going to get indicted. I think Ivanka is going to be indicted and I think Eric Trump is going to be indicted and and, and and Jared Kushner for that matter. And and keep in mind this scenario. This is Here's what happened with Agnew. Uh, Essentially, here's a similar thing uh, that Agnew endured could happen to Trump. Uh, With Agnew, prosecutors went to him on these uh, tax evasion charges and said, look, Here's a here's a deal. Here's a plan for you. If you resign, we will drop these charges. We will reduce these charges if you'll just resign. They reduced it to like a simple tax charge, I think. Yeah. And they said if you'll just we'll kill all these other charges if you'll just resign as vice president of the United States. And he did. Yeah. He did. It worked. Prosecutors mm-hmm. did that, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that if you go to Trump and you say, okay, buddy, we we don't we don't have you, but we have your daughter. Your son-in-law, uh, your son, your other son, your you know we have a, yeah. so if if you you know we'll let them go, we will let them go if you will resign. I I wouldn't rule out a scenario like that. I mean, yeah. I, again, I may yeah. call me a, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I uh, <laughs> but I believe. But you're not the but only I'm, one. I'm not the only one. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's a great idea. I think that it, it, Mueller is just the kind of prosecutor to float something like that. And we've seen yeah. other coercion take place where most of these guys, if not all of them, from my, my recollection, have also started to uh, or have changed their guilty plea or their not guilty plea to a guilty plea and then right. cooperated with Mueller's office. I mean, everyone from Alan Weisselberg on down to Mike Flynn and Paul Manafort and Rick Gates. And uh, and eventually Roger Stone. I think Roger Stone is going to be pinched enough that uh, he's going to end up uh, ratting on Donald Trump, too. I absolutely 100 percent believe that that guy does not want to go to jail. There is no <laughs> way he wants to go to jail. I don't know. I kind of think he does. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, there's a guy we you mentioned his name. We don't hear about him much. And that's kind of, to me, the most interesting thing about him. Uh, we haven't heard a peep uh, out of or about Rick Gates in like uh, mm-hmm. what's it been you know, over a year certainly yeah. since he flipped 
and became a cooperating witness with Robert Mueller. And every time there's been a status report on him uh, in court, uh, prosecution always ends up saying, well, we're, we're not quite done. He's not quite done cooperating yet. Mm-hmm. And they've kept him on for a very long time, and it's been very, very quiet. And you know what they say, watch out for the quiet ones. <laughs> I think I think the, the status report on Gates... On Friday, will uh, is he? Is, do they need more time for more cooperation? Mm-hmm. Is he done, and they're ready to sentence him? And perhaps it'll be a really light sentence because maybe he really, really cooperated a lot. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of among the many, many things. I sent you a calendar earlier this week of all the things that would be happening oh, yeah, over yeah. the next seven days, and that's. That's that's Friday's notation, right? Uh, in, in in a week full of activity, but uh, I, I like I said, I think it's the quiet one. So I would say watch that space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, this is yeah. going to be one of those weeks where we well, every week is like this. Quite frankly, I mean, every single week we've had so many different bombshells, so many different things drop on our heads all right. at the same time. <laughs> uh, but this week in particular, I think is an especially important week. So we'll wait and see uh, yeah. uh, how everything turns out. In the next few days, I think Rick Gates is up for uh, something happening. What are they talking about? How to extend yeah. his uh, cooperation? His status, his status report on his cooperation yeah. is due in court on Friday. Uh, and and one of the reasons I think they've kept uh, this Gates case going for so long, the reason they've kept saying to the judge, "No, we're not ready to have you sentence him yet because he's still cooperating." Mm-hmm. I think his cooperation was extended uh, f- in large part uh, for the investigation of the inauguration which is uh, we we're learning more about recently and uh, in which Gates is a huge player so uh corruption uh, foreign corruption of the uh, presidential inauguration which is illegal uh I, I think is a lot of what Gates has been cooperating about lately we'll hear about that on Friday yeah. day before that a uh, Roger Stone's trial date will be set and as I understand it he's likely to get here's what we're expecting judge Amy Berman Jackson to do give him like a 3 day weekend in jail or something yeah. like that <laughs> Yeah, I can't so, wait for that. You know, not to throw away the key because she's here's she's firm but fair, uh, <laughs> and 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 I think I think she just wants to send him a little message, just a little harsher reminder, spank him a little harder than last time, without doing the kid in. That's right. So I, I think I think that's where that's headed. And then tomorrow, uh, Manafort gets sentenced. Uh, so we're all going to wonder if he's going to get pardoned. Uh, by Trump in case Judge Jackson, ah, it's her again, uh, throws uh, the book at Manafort in terms of the full uh, potential 10-year sentence. And then and then a status report also tomorrow on, on how Mike Flynn's cooperation with Mueller, and that's also been very quiet and has gone on for a very long time, yeah. which tells me that that too is very, very valuable. So, And that's just till Friday. We already know some of the things that are going to be happening next weekend, so we, we can't think about that because our brains are overloaded. I thought you were going to say, that's just before 5 p.m. today. <laughs> yeah. It, some time. days it seems like that, doesn't it? And, you know, the Mueller report could drop at any time. More indictments were court filings. You just, you know, you never know what's going to happen next. Here's a question I have for you, Buzz. Um, What do you think? What would be the one thing that I would particularly hate about being sent to federal prison? Wager a guess as to what I would personally hate if I went to federal prison. Well, I know what I would hate, and so I'm going to project, I guess, a little... Uh, I would say it would be the hollow pillow. That's it. I couldn't bring my hollow pillow. God damn it! I know. Yeah. Th- see, we we're exactly tracking. It's that's exactly the problem. They won't. There are guys, get- guys who have uh, smuggled those skeleton keys inside their hollow <laughs> pillow, so they were banned from prison. But you can have them in your home. That's right. God damn it. God damn it. So what, here's here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to get uh, indicted and then convicted for obstruction of justice because then you're not going to be able to bring your hollow pillow to prison with you. See, think see about that. that. Think about. That. Think about the children, and you know, think think about uh, Jen Kirkman. I remember talking to Jen Kirkman, comedian Jen Kirkman, our favorite comedian. Was she in prison? Yeah, we know we we had a well, may, not yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but um, you know, we had dinner with her a few weeks ago, and after mm-hmm. dinner, uh, I was waiting outside with Jen as as Kimberly was off uh, using the facilities there at the yeah. restaurant, and, and Jen turns to me and says, Bob, I love my Brooklyn and Sheets from your show. Thank you for turning uh, me on to Brooklyn. And, and she said yeah. to me, I can't wait to get my hollow pillow to go uh, along with my excellent. Brooklyn and Sheets. It's like sleeping in heaven, if if you believe in that sort <laughs> of thing. That's exactly right. See, we all wake up, all of us, all of us at the same time, holding hands and with a lion licking our toes, because <laughs> right. we sleep on a hollow pillow. Hollow pillow stays cool while giving our heads 
necks and shoulders perfect support all night long, uh, night after night. See, see how satisfied he is. Hollow pillows breathe and stay cool. Most importantly, conform perfectly to your head, neck, and shoulders for a truly restful night's sleep. Hollow pillows are filled with natural oh, buckwheat holes that are eco-friendly. They don't give off gases and they don't collapse. The buckwheats are grown and milled in American farms before the hulls go into Hollow's pre-shrunken, certified organic, unbleached cotton twill casing. How is that for liberalism right there? <laughs> and it's all made right here in the U.S. of A. And you can adjust the fullness of Hollow Pillow by removing or adding more hulls through the zippers, uh, through the zipper that's covered for comfort so you're not scratching your face on the goddamn zipper. I'm so happy with my Hello Pillow. Go figure. I'm proud to give it my personal endorsement and proud that a percentage of the profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Hello yeah. Pillows are available in three sizes, small, standard, and king. And right now, depending on the size, you can save up to 20 bucks on each additional pillow with fast, free shipping. But you can only get that deal by going to hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. That's hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. Say to a healthy and restful night's sleep and wake up as cool as the other side of the pillow. Thank you for supporting this brilliant company and this show at hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. That's hollowpillow.com slash B-O-B-C. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Ah, it's the great John Flywheel from Reading, Pennsylvania. I love these guys. Go back like 30 years with these guys almost. It's uh, Facebook.com slash John Flywheel. I'm going to post a link in the description below the audio of this show so you can buy John Flywheel's music. Good. Uh, You can do that on iTunes, also uh, online, wherever great music is purchased. But make sure to go to our uh, our podcast page. It's bobseska.com, bobseskashow.com. And click the links just beneath this here podcast by John Flywheel, one of our first great independent artists that we're going to be featuring here on this program. Thank you. You're right about great. I enjoyed that. I, I would buy his stuff. That was, an, uh, that was a song called Weekend from the album called Early Girl. It's named after right. some tomatoes. There we go. Going by lots of great music here through this show, through uh, John Flywheel's Facebook page, and there's more still to come. All right. All I know is Mr. and Mrs. Flywheel have never been more proud. <laughs> by the way, it is. There is no one in the band named John Flywheel. It's sort of like P- Pink Floyd or Jethro Tull. It's sort of like one of those names. <laughs> I, re- I le- read today, I didn't know this, Boycott was a guy. I did not know that. Oh, See, really? I, I'm not thorough. Yeah, in Ireland. He was, a, he was a, I don't know, he was a guy, and he, he got a a, a terrible reputation, and so his name they thought would be easier to associate uh, for people than ostracize. Mm, so they used his name boycott. I didn't know it was a guy's name. Yeah, I, I didn't listen to any of that because I boycotted your boycott explanation. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so here's here's a weird name that happens to be the actual name of a human being. It's Tucker Carlson. Uh, who? That guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, any minute now, here's my <laughs> prediction. Any minute now, we're going to find out that, uh, <laughs> that Tucker Carlson is going on vacation because that's the way this shit usually works. They, they do something weird on Fox news channel or not on Fox news channel as the mm-hmm. case may be. And then they disappear on an unannounced vacation vacations. When you go somewhere. And you don't ever come back. Oh, where's yeah. Tucker? Oh, and, he's on and, vacation now. And, and usually squeezed in between that, and how, how's this for segues, is a boycott or an attempted boycott. That's right. Uh, I've already seen on Twitter people uh, addressing uh, unhappy tweets about their sponsorships to Capital One and other mm-hmm. major companies. Uh, and and uh, this is very effective. And uh, to Bob's point, this is usually why they go on vacation. <laughs> yeah. And who would have guessed that Tucker would have gotten into trouble while going on the Bubba the Love Sponge show? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. was brilliant. There's, there's something about 
those shows yeah. that you say, I think you tend to say too much. Right. You know, it's, it's hard enough not doing it on this show. But there's something about some of those shows that, that just brings out the absolute worst of yeah. people. And maybe it's knowing how many people are listening or how big a deal you perceive the host to be. Right. Uh, but but that's part of it. And and But honestly, I mean, it's really about how he really feels, isn't it? And mm-hmm. it, it, it'll be interesting to see after uh, rebuking uh, Jeanine Pirro earlier this week, uh, which I thought was good by Fox that they they had a word with her apparently and 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 apologized profusely for her remarks uh, about Elon Omar and uh, you know now you have Tucker Carlson doing you know all these old tapes are coming forward from the Bubba the Love Sponge show <laughs> here, here in Tampa yeah and uh, so it, it they haven't really responded much yet and if they have it's it's standing behind him let's see how they feel when some of these boycotts take shape and uh, the the blowback from this continues I I'm, I'm telling you there's I always hold out just a shred of hope. This is, you've heard all my secret <laughs> hopes and dreams today. Uh, I still hold out the secret hope that Fox will be forced somehow to change its ways or go away. Yeah, and you know, the usual process goes like this. Uh, Fox News person says something obnoxious. Fox News person goes on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, boycott of advertisers. Fox right. News guy loses his job. That's how it happened with Eric Bowling, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it's it's happened before. So whatever Tucker Carlson said on his show last night to try to wiggle out of this, I don't know it's, if it necessarily is going to work. I mean, the first, it was so funny the way this all went down. The first series of clips came out, right? And mm-hmm. Fox News was kind of like, oh, give a shit. I don't care. That's, right. that's, by the way, that's my Fox News voice. If Fox that's News was a, was a human being, it would sound like this. That's it. Yeah. I don't care. That's, that's how it actually sounds. <laughs> And uh, and then there's a big defense of Fox News or uh, Tucker Carlson printed in the National Review online. Mm-hmm. And then and then the second set of tapes comes out from Media Matters in which he's talking about how uh, the Iraqis are semi-literate primitive monkeys. I mean, mm-hmm. he actually mm-hmm. used the M word. White <laughs> men created civilization, I believe you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But before that, in the in the first batch of clips, he was yeah. using the other F word. Not the F word, but the other F word. And, and, and a couple of times at that, uh, in a conversation with, I believe I it was Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, yeah. I can, I'm, and, I'm and not sure which F word, but me, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it was the it was the F-A-G word. Uh, we might I as well oh, go ahead okay. and yeah. All right, yeah, okay. Right. Um, but, you know... <laughs> One of the things that I kept thinking about as I'm listening to these tapes, on top of going, wow, Tucker Carlson's an asshole, I'm also thinking, oh, these DJs. Oh, these DJs. (laughs) Were you uh, triggered by the... uh by the DJs, by the actual sound of some of these kind of jive mid-market DJs who were interviewing Tucker Carlson? I've I've been very busy, and so I have read... (laughs) I have read I have read quotes uh, from these. Yeah, but I, I will, for entertainment purposes, at some point, go back and and listen to them. But that, that's almost another subject entirely. But, oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm sure I I kind of know. I appreciate the heads up because I, I will go listen now and I yeah. know what to expect. But yeah. I did read uh, I think a fairly complete list of all the horrible things he said. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the way I met Buzz Burbank is I was I was your intern, Buzz, uh, back in. 1993 uh, at WJFK, we were working on the Don and Mike show, which is a nationally syndicated guy talk show, a right. sort of a shock jock show. But there were all these other copycats who uh, basically ripped off Howard Stern, ripped off Don and Mike, and did their own kind of shows. And those are the shows. That's Bubba the Love Sponge. That's the kind right. of shit that he was doing. He took that genre of talk radio and elevated it to some crazy level that I just I yeah, couldn't well, get a, get my head around because it was it just was a, too, it I, was a red it was a redneck fit for Florida yeah I think. Yeah. yeah and I'm no prude but I mean Bubba the Love Sponge went way too far as far as I'm concerned I mean at one point didn't he slaughter a he slaughtered a boar on his show I mean he actually killed a live boar on his show and then made all these there were all kinds of pig sound i mean he got him kicked off he lost his show now he's living in a trailer 
somewhere in Florida. So yeah, that's uh, that, that happens a lot I, with these guys. I've seen I've seen more than one case of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They but, flame uh, out. Yeah, but I mean, this is just—I mean, obviously, this is the kind of language that works really well inside the bubble. But then, as soon as you hear it outside the bubble, you go, "Oh God!" <laughs> That's the—you make the uh, Jody Hamilton noise, which is. Uh, it was uh, Jody Hamilton from Thursday when we mentioned Maggie Haberman. She said. <laughs> she had a mouthful of tab, and she, I, I, that was the best she could do. <laughs> I don't know who Maggie Haberman is, but I really enjoyed that sound. Yeah, from the New York Times. Maggie Haberman from the New York Times. She uh, uh, She's done some great reporting, which is why it's so baffling uh, when she yeah. yeah when she defends Donald Trump by saying, oh, maybe Donald Trump thought he was paying a retainer to Michael Cohen. Maybe he didn't realize it was hush money for Stormy Daniels. And you go, oh, Maggie. Oh, well, damn it. Again, my advice is see that see that it's okay that you see that yeah I, I think it's a waste of energy to react to that because yeah. you know you're not going to change her mind or the minds of the people who agree with her on that point right right uh, it's just, i i you know i we we have uh, in priorities that are so important mm-hmm. i i just refuse uh, to the extent that i can control it uh to allow myself to get distracted by uh, people who are obviously outside of reality. Well, I mean, Allison Camerota from CNN basically said all that needs to be said about Mag- Maggie Haberman in that incident, which is, that is absurd, Maggie. <laughs> That's what she said. You know, she could have just said, and that would have sufficed. But uh, Yeah, you wonder about some of these writers who, who do some of this stuff. It's like, well, I needed to put out something, you know, yeah, or yeah. I, I don't know I don't know what they're fishing for when they, when they do something that's obviously not, well thought out. Okay, well, we're going to play, uh, we're going to do one last break here, and then when we come back, I want to dig into this Eric Prince audio. I know. Yeah, you- I want to hear about this. This is, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Eric Prince and and uh, some of the things he's been up to and yeah. some of the things he's involved in, but apparently something's new and I've not yet heard it. Well, basically, it was an amazing moment for journalism, sadly not American Wonderful. journalism, but Wonderful. journalism nevertheless, and you know, he was asked a series of questions about his testimony to Congress and he couldn't he couldn't gaslight his way out of this one this reporter was having none of it this Al Jazeera English reporter just let him have it and it was I look forward to hearing it but right now I need a bath all right let's take a bath with bubble genius back after these words friends of Romans of bubbleheads lend me your tubs we come to banish dirt not to raise it The evil that some soaps do lives after them. Their good is oft washed down the drain. So let it not be with Bubble Genius. It's the Ides of March, and Bubble Genius celebrates our world's rich history this March 15th, a.k.a. the day the world said, See you later, Caesar, with our bloodbath bubble bath. Have your own worldly wash in our bubbly, sweet-smelling bubble bath, without all that bother of doing anyone in. So toss on a toga, lay on your laurel, and bubble down with us. Bloodbath by Bubble Genius, the home of natural and fun bath and body products. Beware the Ides of Surfactants. Only at BubbleGenius.com. I'm Mark Antony and I approve this message. Bob Seska! This is my brother. This is my brother Jim. Uh, that kid is talented. <laughs> he's going to hate that I called him a kid, too, because I know he's listening. Oh, man. So uh, if you want to hear my brother uh, perform, he's performing uh, live this weekend, St. Patrick's Day, at Duffer's Pub uh, in Westchester, Pennsylvania. You can find all of his concert dates, all of his show dates at facebook.com slash docsolo. That's D-O-C-S-O-L-O, because he's also a chiropractor. So there you go. My amazingly (laughs) talented brother. I mean, this guy, my brother was able to pick up drums without having one lesson, just picked up a pair of drumsticks and started playing like he could, he's been doing it for years. And maintained his posture in the process. (laughs) And by the way, by the way, if you go to one of uh, Jim's shows, uh, Bob will talk over the vocal there too. Exactly. 
<laughs> this is, that's right. I forgot to tell everybody that I'm going to jabber over all the uh, songs. I, maybe I should have yeah. told people that. I, I, Very least, nice in the background. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why we're using it to to, pl- to play us out of a commercial and stuff no. like that, and and to also to promote the uh, these independent recording artists. But you know, <laughs> I, I got to talk. Absolutely. No, I was I was riveted by it. I didn't speak during that because I really wanted to hear you know your brother. I I I've not heard him before, and I thought, well, what's this going to be like? So I really enjoyed that, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad we got to hear it. Well, see, I, I presume we'll hear more of him. Yes, I am teasing because you have to go and uh, and purchase some of this music that we're presenting on the show, and and go and support the bands. I mean, my brother's playing almost every single weekend, and uh, and it's just doing an amazing job. Mostly uh, like acoustic work, acoustic guitar work, and just another instrument that he was able to just pick up and know how to play immediately. And I'm going. Yeah. And uh, just, I'm so jealous. And since a lot of us can't do what he and other talented people can, uh, it's up to us to uh, support them or, you know, they have to go be chiropractors. <laughs> well, he's a, you know what? Shocker. He's also a great chiropractor. He's got this yeah, thing in his no. chiropractor. I mean, he's got this thing called, and, and it's a weird name because uh-huh. you, you think of something else when you hear the uh, initials ATM. Uh-huh. But he's yeah. got this machine called an ATM, and what it does is it will absolutely reduce your back pain from like a nine or an eight or something like that, all the way down Very to like cool. a one, maybe. Uh, okay, once so we'll support his music and his practice. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, uh, chiropractors, are, some of them are, are brilliant, and, and uh, they've, I think in some cases, gotten an unfortunate reputation. Some people are skeptical of them, and yep. the fact of the matter is I, I was looking up a particular condition, a pinched nerve, and I just asked Google, I said, hey, Google, what uh, what's better if you have a pinched nerve? Who do you go see first? a chiropractor or a i don't know orthopedic guy yeah and it said oh my gosh chiropractor absolutely chiropractor and so i set out and searched for a good one and, and i looked at the ratings and and uh, read the reviews and stuff and and uh, and then I, I i sat in on these sessions and uh darned if the guy wasn't really really good and <laughs> so there's some there's some excellent doctors out there and uh, people shouldn't write off that profession when you sat in on the sessions did you bring junior mints i hope you i hope you didn't bring junior mints and accidentally drop one in the in well the fortunately there were no open wounds <laughs> and by the way by the way if you go to a chiropractor and open wounds are involved he's doing it wrong <laughs> But your brother Jim knows that already. I'm, just, I'm thinking about walking into the chiropractor office and saying, okay, lay down on the thing. And I look over in the corner. Oh, there's Buzz. Hi, Buzz. <laughs> How are you? Let's do a show. Uh, all right. So Eric Prince. Let's talk about Eric Prince here for a yes. second. Eric Prince is the guy from Blackwater. He's a weasel. He, uh, I remember Blackwater was embroiled in all kinds of scandal because they were electrocuting soldiers with their mm-hmm. shoddy work and and it's, it's just profiteering off of the Iraq War just flagrantly. And they were so and- badly damaged by all of that they had to actually shut down Blackwater and, and change the right. name to Z or something like that. It was like X, yeah, they XI did, or something. They, I don't know the new name, but I, I do remember they changed the name. And he's the brother of evil education secretary. <laughs> Bessie. Cruella DeVos. <laughs> That's exactly right. I always forget that that she's that they're brother and sister. Yeah, uh, never forget that. So you got Blackwater, you got Betsy DeVos, you got Eric Prince. Eric Prince was in on the the meetings in the Seychelles Islands yep. uh, with uh, the Arab representatives and uh, as a representative of Donald Trump and and uh, that that's all been investigated by Robert Mueller. Mm-hmm. So he's already very much in, the, and I guess always has been, but uh, currently very much in the thick of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other the other meeting that he was in was a meeting at Trump Tower on August third, twenty sixteen. Again, this uh-huh. is after the conventions. This is in the thick of the general election. Right. There was this uh, big time meeting. I think uh, Don Jr. was there. Stephen Miller was there. Um, and uh, and of course Eric Prince was there, and this guy from an organ an Israeli company called the Psy Group, and what they were uh-huh. there for is the Psy Group put together a sort of a how to uh, about how to specifically influence American voters using sh- social media, how to manipulate. Uh, social media users into supporting Donald Trump. And there was an, a, an entire process that they worked out, gamed out, and then wanted to present it to the Trump campaign. And that was the uh, August 3rd meeting. And this is like this. This is evil. This is a super villain uh, level evil, like putting a chemical in the water to make the town crazy. Oh, my God. Again, these are like Batman villains is yeah. what they are. Yeah. 
And, uh, That's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing that they've been able to get away with it for this long. But yeah. that's uh, that goes back to our impeachment discussion. The thing oh, is, Satan. so Eric Prince was dumb enough to go on Al Jazeera English, which is the, I think it's the UK iteration of Al Jazeera, uh, or where it's just, yeah. it's shown wherever they're English speaking people. And I although think. people are suspicious of the name, they're actually excellent journalists. Yeah, and, and amazing that this guy, Mehdi Hassan, was, is the host of the show called Head to Head. And that was the show that Eric Prince appeared on. And here's what happened. I'm just going to play this straight on through because this is an amazing thing. Actually, we'll end up stopping and commenting on it as we go. Of but course. Here's, uh, as we always do, as we do with our <laughs> independent music as well, apparently. Uh, <laughs> so here's Eric Prince on Head to Head with uh -huh. Mehdi Hassan from Al Jazeera English. In November 2017, you told Congress under oath that you played, quote, no official or really unofficial role in the Trump campaign. What you didn't tell Congress is that on August 3rd, 2016, uh, you were at a meeting during the campaign at Trump Tower with Don Jr., Trump's son, with Stephen Miller, then a campaign advisor to Trump, mm. with George Nader, a former Blackwater... Oh, I forgot George Nader, the pedophile. Ah, yes. <laughs> George Nader, shit. A colleague of yours who acts as a back channel to the Saudis, the Emiratis. He also happens to be a convicted pedophile. And also Joel Zamel, an Israeli expert on social media manipulation. How That's the Psy Group guy, Joel Zamel. Right. Yeah, okay. How come you didn't mention that meeting to Congress, given it's so relevant to their investigation? Uh, I did. As part of the part of the investigations, I certainly uh, disclosed any uh, any meetings. The very very not few in, I had. Not in the congressional testimony you gave to the House. We went through it. You didn't mention anything about August 2016 meeting in Trump Tower. They specifically asked you what context you have, and you didn't answer that. Uh, I don't believe I was asked that question. You were asked, were there any communic formal communications or contact with the campaign? You said, apart from writing papers, putting up yard signs, no. That's what uh, you said. I've got the transcript of the conversation here. Sure. I mean, I might have been, uh, I, I think I was at Trump headquarters or the <laughs> campaign headquarters. Trump maybe, Tower, uh, August 3rd, 2016. You, possible. an Israeli dude, a back channel to the Emiratis and the Saudis, Don Jr., Stephen Miller. We're there to talk about Iran policy. Oh, see, now this is where, okay, yeah, I'm going to stop it here. That's always their safety net, isn't it? Yeah, and it gets worse, but right there, he's making shit up. This is the uh -huh. second uh -huh. iteration of, oh, we were there to talk about adoptions. This is, right. <laughs> this is the second Trump Tower meeting in which they're making some ridiculous excuse that doesn't bear out in the record, and Hassan says, look, I mean, I'm looking at the transcript, doesn't say anything about Iran here. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, which is just is exactly the way he, these the people need to be the, questioned. The Trump administration, in, at every opportunity, is uh, is framing uh, its relationships with the Arab countries in exactly this way. Yep, exactly, exactly. So let's continue here because he's about to get nailed. It's about Iran policy. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's something important to disclose to the House Intelligence Committee while you're under oath? I did. You didn't. We just went through the testimony. There's no mention <laughs> of the Trump Tower meeting in August 2016. Why not? I don't know if they got the transcript wrong. Oh, man. oh, they got the transcript wrong. So if we go, I, I, I don't know. I remember. I remember uh, certainly. I mean, this is a problem for you because we know that Robert Mueller he hasn't been able to establish collusion yet, but he has got a lot of guys for lying to the authorities and not telling the whole truth. Is that a problem now? That even if you accidentally didn't tell them, that could come back and haunt you. I fully cooperated. And I haven't heard anybody. I haven't heard from anybody in more than nine months. Ooh, man. I mean. I, I mean Members of Congress, after they discover this meeting, have talked about certain witnesses not telling the truth. But you believe you told Congress about this meeting, even though it's not in the transcript, just to be clear. I, I believe so, yeah. All right, that guy oh, deserves a... a oh, no, no, wrong reaction. This a round of applause. Because, They're both good. Yeah. I'll applaud it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, his questioning, the questioning of that journalist yeah. reminded me uh, a little bit of what we heard recently in uh, congressional hearings from uh, new Democrats uh, with the Michael Cohen hearing, uh -huh. uh, for example, uh, asking a series of smart, rapid-fire, pointed questions. No wasting of words right. like you hear. Uh, no beating around the bush, but getting straight to the point. And uh, if more journalists would follow the lead of this guy, yeah, uh, we'd all be better off. This is it is the job of the press on behalf of the voters 
to hold these guys accountable. Follow up questions. I mean, that right. to and me. And know the facts and be prepared to read those facts mm-hmm. back to the person who's trying to deceive or who may be mistaken. And if you go down that road, and I'm talking to you, uh, cable news journalist listening to this podcast, probably not, but we'll just mm-hmm. say that for the sake of argument. Um, you have to be prepared with the follow up question. For example, what happens is you, you corner these guys enough. And they end up exposing their chicanery by saying things like, maybe they got the transcript wrong. No, no, no. It's a boy in a corner. It's a boy in a corner. He's trapped. He's grasping at straws. Right. Uh, He's in a tough spot. I, I, for a moment, just for fun, tried to put myself in his shoes and... Well, he was screwed there. There was no getting out of that, nope. you know. So he did the best that he could, which of course was insufficient. Uh, and uh, you know, that's uh, but but that in itself is very telling, right? Very yep. telling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was both a study in in how to uh, perform effective journalism, effective yeah. interviewing of people yeah. who do nothing. But gaslight. So not only did it illustrate the actual gas. I mean, we saw the gaslighting happen from Eric Prince in real time as uh, Hassan was asking these questions. He was coming up with one ridiculous excuse to make us feel like we're going insane after another, all the way down to uh, maybe they got the transcript wrong, which is just the most absurd thing in the world. Have, have you posted this clip online by any chance? It is. Uh, in fact, I wrote a, a, an entire Salon piece about it, which is out now. It's uh, way at the top of the front page of Salon. And in it, I include just that clip from, uh, from I believe, Al Jazeera's Twitter. Excellent. I, you know, I, I think it would be a good idea for those so inclined to... Uh, post that on their social media sites and yeah. to share it and and to spread it uh to the extent that you can and and what i would do is put like at nbc news at cbs news right. at abc news at cnn you know and and uh, they need to, and just say with all due respect this is how it's done. Right. Because right. that really is how it's done 101. Yeah. And you don't need to necessarily Hector Chuck Todd in order to get. I know it's easy to Hector Chuck Oh, my Chuck God. Todd, but yeah, you don't, it is. Just Why give it to him he in a way that he'll. These things? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he'll he'll be more responsive and more willing to take that as a tip if you don't say, oh, by the way, Chuck Todd, you're a raging hack. <laughs> you know, that, that's the sort of yeah, thing no, that he. That's, no, yeah, that never yeah, works. No. So you're not going to make any friends that way, see? Right. Right. <laughs> well, I. Uh, so they're a great example of a few things and a great example in terms of uh, how time and time again, it seems like we have to take lessons from overseas journalists in terms of how to do it right. And of course, I'm I'm, of course, uh, accepting people like uh, like Brian Karam from Playboy or Jim Acosta from CNN or Rachel Maddow or uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, who are doing amazing work here inside the United States. That is uh They are very clearly the exceptions to all of this, but there are still people who will let Donald Trump off with one question without any follow-ups. Just because he's going to start pointing his stubby finger at you and telling you to sit down, that's no excuse. It's no excuse for the reporters, but I think, and less so now, I'm starting to see, but I think for the longest time, uh, the mainstream reporters have been just stunned by the responses that they got to the point that they were unable to to come back this guy came came to play yep yep and it's a, a great lesson in fact for the white house press corps who's asking well i uh, guess it was it's been 43 days or something like that up until yesterday 46 something yeah something like, like that. that before they had an actual press briefing of the white house but but if you have an opportunity to ask sarah sanders questions a, another great series of tips to take from uh, Al Jazeera English. Well, now, what a waste of time. You're yeah. never going to get an answer out of her. No. Uh, this this was a great interview, but yeah. uh, going up against Sarah Sanders is just stupid. There's no point in covering those anymore. Well, you know, you're not going to get a straight answer out of any of them, and certainly uh, Hassan didn't get a straight answer out of Eric Prince, but what he got... No, but he got the truth, right? The truth, right? And, he, and on top of the truth, he got a series of answers that I think any reasonable person would say is utter bullshit right and so uh, that's enough uh, you know just a series of just squeezing uh, you know obvious bullshit out of them through a series of hard-nosed follow-up questions i think that is absolutely important so Bur- burbank say in the lie you find the truth <laughs> in the lie we find absolutely 100 percent 
All right, post-mortem show coming up next. Uh, let's see, what are we going to talk about here? Um, we'll figure it out. I, I want to say a few words about Joe Biden um, yeah. and, and some oh, Donald Trump's remarks about airplanes today. we got to talk <laughs> oh, about buddy. that for a second. Oh, and Philium H. Muffman in the news. <laughs> it's coming up with uh, <laughs> Felicity Huffman. Oh, the, yes. the portmanteau of her name and uh, William H. Macy's name is Philium H. See. Muffman. It's like a, a, like a, a Brangela or something like that. I didn't yeah. see that coming. All right, post-mortem coming up next, bobseskashow.com. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Vacations when you go somewhere and you don't ever come back.